phase into marriage planning um, and then even to the early stages of marriage and it leads us up to the third episode which we get a little more in depth about and open about our situation and what um, transpired in the midst of our marriage and you know um, some of you may know and basically just kind of spitting some facts out there you know anything when you start to do things um, God's way and you start chasing after God more and more, then that's where, you know, the enemy comes in and tries to attack you and try to um, distract you and cause any type of friction that, that messes with the unity that um, God has set in place. Um, so, you know, it's moving through what we've, we've talked about in the previous episodes is how you get through adversity and, you know, you know that those challenging times are going to come and knowing that you're you're definitely not alone. Any thoughts that you may be having, any situations you may be experiencing, you're not alone. Um, so definitely know that. So starting out, where we start from, babe? So first of all, y'all just have to bear with me. Come sit on the couch with us. You know, I'm kind of leaned over more so like I'm laying on the couch. Um, <laughs> but um this episode, we, you, we're going to get into the real meat and potatoes, the the part most people um, probably have been waiting to hear, um, you know, the nosy ones that just want to know what happened. Um, but so I had to get a little more relaxed just to, you know, open up a little more. We don't practice. We don't write a script out um, before, you know, we get on here and record. So everything that we speak, it comes straight from the heart, from the top of the dome. You know, we don't try to formulate um, a topic or a, a discussion beforehand because we want it to be raw and real. We want real feelings to come out of this um, emotion, you know, making sure that people can relate and know that their story um, isn't the end all be all that your journey, um, you know, you're not on it alone, whether it's completely different from ours or anybody else, you know, you don't have to go through that, um, alone. So I told y'all last episode, grab your tissues. I actually didn't have any with me, um, today. They're not too far away, but I think I'll, I think I'll be able to hold it together. Um, and that's because, and I'll, and I'll start here just to say, um, that this time was traumatic, I guess I should say. Um, and it took a lot of healing, um, being able to get on here and in front of all of you guys and just, um, explain the situation and have these topics. This took, um, healing had to take place in my life personally, um, for me to be able to share. Um, when the miraculous happened with us getting back together, uh, you know, it was immediately a challenge from God to, you know, tell our testimony, to help someone else. 
Um, but that alone wasn't enough. You know, I knew that that was our, that was my mission and that was our plan, um, to make good out of what was meant for bad. Um, but I didn't know how that was going to happen. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I knew that we, you know, would have to tell people. And I at first thought that just telling a few people was going to be enough. Um, I didn't know truly that it was going to be us getting in this atmosphere on this type of platform to um, explain and talk about and discuss. Um, so I start that with saying um, choices. Choice is a, a key thing. And a lot of times people um, find things to blame you know, put the blame on something else to try to take that off of you um, or put it into excuses of why you done what you did. But ultimately, it's a choice that was made. And that choice, um, you know, could be, I made bad choices with eating, so now I'm overweight. Or I made bad choices um, with drinking and now I have liver problems. Um, but overeating, okay, well, I'm depressed and I'm having a stressful time at work and my kids are going nuts and my, me and my husband just not getting along. So that's why I ate bad. Well, all those were excuses that we made um, or that we often make. But ultimately, we make the choice. We made the choice to just overeat um, and not exercise or all those same excuses and reasons can lead you to um, drinking. Well, you are making the choice to pop the bottle or pop the can every day and turn the bottle up. Um, but I say all that to say that um, in our relationship, in the beginning phases, we made the choice to love. Um, we made the choice to be committed to each other. We made the choice, you know, on our wedding day, uh, we made those vows to each other. We made that choice. Um, and through the years, those first couple years, um, things got rocky, things got, um, all the things that are normal happen. You know, like Josh mentioned, Whenever you are doing something right and something that um, aligns with God, the enemy is going to attack. Um, he's going to try everything possible to get you out of that alignment. Um, and those are all normal things. That's normal. That's just the way of life. Um, so it was in to our fifth year of marriage. Um, a year after our son was born, um, I'm just going to cut straight to the chase. I made the choice um, to step out in our marriage. And going through that time, I came up with a ton of excuses of why and to make it seem like that that was the right thing for me to be doing. Um, my biggest one that I love to say, I don't love this now, but that was my thing then was, oh, I'm just not happy. You know, a lot of times um, people would be like, well, why? What did Josh do? Like, what? 
or you know what made y'all what really happened um and ultimately it just came down to a simple choice you know going through it i made a lot of excuses like well maybe i was going through depression or maybe i had postpartum depression because i had just had a child within the past year um so I can go, I can come to you guys and be like, well, I really think I was struggling with this and I really think, but honestly, I want to be real blunt um, because none of that really mattered because the choice was made. Um, and so I, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, the grass ain't always greener. Well, I wanted to see that for myself. You know, I let the... Um, the things that was going on in our life. Josh was in school. We had two babies. Um, I was in school working full time. Josh was working full time. Um, and I let all of that influence the choice that I made. Um, you know, a lot of times people talk about marriage takes work. And at first that seemed like some cliche saying, um, it's like, yeah, I know it takes work. I'm built for this. I could, you know, we can do this. Um, but until you actually put to the test, you don't really know what that work really looks like. And for me, I didn't know what that work looks like until after I didn't have it anymore. Um, where my work and my fight for it came totally different. Um, so don't take that as... You know, well, we are so in love and we just, we do this together and we do that together and we always talk about this and we always talk about that. So, you know, marriage for us isn't going to be what most people think it is. Um, and that was the way I kind of thought in the beginning. Like, well, we are so in love. We are completely against divorce. We both believe in God. So we good. Um, but when you get comfortable like that, you allow the enemy to come in. Um, and he comes in very sneaky. Um, whenever things are, when you're doing something for God and something appears to be good, if you have to question it and it's going to take you out of alignment with God, then it's really not good, no matter what it appears to be. Um, and so looking back on that is how I have to think about life from here on out. Whenever I am put to the test of something that seems to be really good, um, and this comes all the way down to, you know, a job. If the money looks really, really good and the benefits seem really, really good, if it's not aligned with what I feel like God has aligned for me to be, then it doesn't really matter. You know, just this summer, I took a huge pay cut um, to a job that, for a job that I know for sure that God purposed just for me. Um, and, and that was a hard thing for me to accept because although the situation of being at home and being able to be with my family and all of that was very appealing. Um, I hated to see, you know, to see the, the pay on paper drop. Um, 
but God, you know, has a way of doing things. This is not about that. Um, but I just say all that to say, if it's not in his will, um, if it's not, and you should, you know, know, um, if it's leaving you with doubt and confusion, then it's not from God. Um, so I stepped out in our marriage, um, and I had a, an ego or a pride about it, um, and wanted to go full force, like, you know, no, I'm not happy. It had been done. So I didn't want to take the blame. I didn't want to take the brunt of it all. Um, so instead of dealing with it, I made it seem like, okay, well, it's not me, it's you. You know, I'm not happy. I'm not, you're not there. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Um, so we're just not going to be able, this is not going to be able to be fixed. Um, so I wasn't willing. I made the choice to not go to counseling. Um, I made the choice and I, we did attempt, yeah. um, but I wasn't real. I just did it just to say that I was going to do it. You know, I wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. Um, and anytime that you are forced or feel like you are being forced into therapy, it's not going to work. You have to be willing um, and open to wanting it for yourself and that in order for um, that service to even work for you. Um, but I was at a point where I, I was so prideful and so, um, I don't know my, where my head was, but it was gonna be my way or no way. Um, it's, it's pretty much how I felt. So, you know, we there was never a time where we were going to sit down and reconcile um, and talk it over. I was leaving no room, not asking for forgiveness, anything like that. It was straight, yep, I did it. Yep, we're, you know, we're gonna separate, we're gonna get a divorce. Um, there were times where I would second guess it and that was the Holy Spirit saying, this is not right. You're not doing what, you know, I'm telling you to do. Um, but I ignored that voice because my pride was up here. Um, so we did, we did just that. We separated, um, we, Josh moved out first. Um, and pretty much was forced out, so to speak. You know, it wasn't the the nature that I had, um, the mindset that I had, he was the total opposite, but I didn't allow um, any, any of how he felt to influence me in my decision. Um, so Josh moved out and shortly after he moved out, our lease was up um, in the house that we were in and I moved out, um, moved out into my parents' house and we began sharing, sharing the kids. Um, the kids went from house to house and looking back on it now, 
I truly don't think that they remember, which is a blessing. Um, but I didn't even care about what it was doing to them. I felt like it was just going to be a phase in their life and they weren't going to remember it in in the sense of it wasn't going to be detrimental to them. This was going to be the new norm for them that they were going to um, know that they spent time with living with daddy and that they would come back and spend time living with me. Um, and knowing people that live like that, I was like, well, that's okay. Look how they turned out. They seem to be doing fine. Um, or, you know, your parents got divorced and you're doing, you're doing well. Um, so it, it didn't, I think that I was just so far into, um, the flesh, my flesh, my own desires to not realize what was really happening, um, not just for myself and for my marriage, for my family, um, and but for my children. Um, and we were separated in the state of North Carolina. You do not have to prove a lot of stuff. Um, you are supposed to be separated for one year. Um, but you don't have to prove a lot of that. And I don't say any of that to go <laughs> push anyone to lying. Um, these are legal documentations that you are signing, so you can go to jail. Um, but I just say all that to say that worked in my favor. Not so much, it wasn't the right thing to be doing. Um, but that allowed us to speed the process of getting a divorce, speed it up. And the rush was, this is where um, the Lord still was speaking and being disobedient, I was. Um, but the rush was, we couldn't be living separate and um, in other relationships with other people and having sex with other people without being married to them. So if the Holy Spirit and the Lord can place that thought on the inside, then how can I not listen to that same voice when it's telling me to not even go through the divorce. Um, and so hopefully that this speaks to someone that is sitting in a confused state, um, sitting in a place of doubt when it comes to the decision that they're making um, around divorce. And it could be something totally opposite, but you know, Marriage and divorce is obviously, you know, the topic here. Um, but hopefully that speaks to to someone that if you know that you are hearing from God, um, listen to him and be obedient no matter the sacrifice. Um, because 
the end will definitely be a reward. I, I can promise you that it's, it's written. Um, but if there is a just feeling in your spirit that is, you know, around doubt and confusion, take time to, to pray for that specific thing to get you out of that, um, that mindset, that spirit of doubt and confusion is not from God. Um, so we were separated for about six months. Six months. So yeah, May is when you moved out. Mm -hmm. May of 2016. And our, no, May of 2016. Mm -hmm. But the actual divorce wasn't final. To your birthday. Until August. Okay. So August 28th, I had turned 30 years old. And that was my birthday present to myself. Um, was a letter saying that my divorce was final. And how in the world I went out to celebrate my birthday, I have no clue to this day. Um, <laughs> but shouts out to my girls because they had my back and held me up. Um, you know, no matter what, they did not speak negative things. So that's the other thing. Do not have, even though I made these horrible decisions, um, I did not have people in my corner speaking negative things into me. It was always people praying for me. It was always um, people pushing for me to reconcile with Josh. It was never people like, yeah, girl, you did the right thing. I, I can never say that I had someone um, pushing me or pulling me other than one person, but never can say that there was people, um, friends and family that were like, you know, you made this right decision and no, I, I did not have that. So I am truly thankful that I didn't because I honestly, if I did have that much influence, um, probably wouldn't have been able to hear from God um, when I when I did. So yeah, our separation piece of it all went fairly quick, which is funny because how we started went fairly quick. <laughs> um, but during that time, and I'll let Josh speak because I know I've, I've said a lot here, but during that time, um, <laughs> the enemy was busy. Um, he had already probably thought that he had won because he succeeded with, you know, getting um, a written documentation to say that we were divorced, um, but he didn't win. <laughs> um, but he was busy and I went through um, a really, really, trying time and 
I thought initially that this was God's way of punishing me, punishing me um, for making that decision to leave our marriage. Um, so it took a long time for me to to even realize that it was all the work of the enemy um, because I thought that that was God's way of just saying you deliberately disobeyed me and now this is what you're going to suffer with. Um, but you can tell them a little bit about that time away. Yeah, well, um, kind of jumping back a little bit. Um, of course, I guess when things started, you know, started noticing things were changing in the relationship. Um, you know, of course, the, the obvious immediate things are, you know, the self-blame, trying to figure out what's going on. Because um, there wasn't really a lot of communication between us during that time. It was just something was wrong. And like I was trying to do everything that I thought was right uh, to try to help make amends for whatever. Um, one thing that I'll still say was helpful, even though we went through with the divorce, um, something that's even helpful now, we did go through the five languages of love. And I recommend anybody to go through that. I've talked about it before. Um, but understanding your love language is it's imperative when you're um, when you're in a relationship, um, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's a friendship relationship, because, you know, what like one of my main languages of love is words of affirmation, where Sam's is acts of service. So I can say it till I'm blue in the face how much I love her. But if I'm not showing it to her, she's not really feeling it. You know, she might understand that to be my language and say, OK, this is him speaking it. But if I'm never adjusting to show her in her language, it's not as much received. Uh, so that's something that we learned, you know, at that point in our life, we learned that. And those languages can change, you know, uh, you have like top three and they can change according to different seasons and things like that. Uh, but words of affirmation, you know, words are always uh, big for me. And, you know, even during that time, it's kind of where I could notice things pulling away. Like I'm such a literal person, you know, where, you know, messages might go from I love you to love you or heart you or you too. So, you know, I started like reading into things and, you know, Holy Spirit um, started to make things aware to me as well, to where I tried to go as much as I could. You know, like Sam said, we went to the counseling once. Um, of course, I, you know, I try to push her into that. Like, hey, let's do this. Let's, let's do that. And, um, you know, we went to uh, one session, but um, just to, to try to do due diligence, try everything. And um, really, it got to a point where I went through everything. I was trying to figure out, you know, what what happened? What is it something that I did? And, um, you know, a lot of prayer, praying to God. Um, just seeking him, probably praying more than I have in my life. Just because, you know, it's like, hey, God, if this is going to be life right now, like, you got to help me through this. And um, really, when it came to the peace, like the first step to me finding peace with this decision that I had made was, hey, okay, if this is what, you know, is being chosen, then God, hey, look, I don't want this on my conscience if, you know, I happen to meet somebody or or whatever, because technically I'm still married and I'm still trying to hold on to those vows, those morals of what that marriage meant and what, 
you know, the, the commitment of marriage means. So I'm like, hey, God, if this is the decision to be made, let it be made so I can move forth with peace and and moving forth with, with peace. Now, I, I started to gain the first aspect of peace. Right. We made this decision to get separated. We got divorced and it was like, OK, you know, I'm a free man. But in my mind where God was trying to even develop me in that season of peace, God's like he wanted me to know that I'm your peace. Like, don't go seeking peace in somebody else. And, you know, basically what happened in seeking peace and someone else, you know, God allowed me even to get in a relationship where, I mean, Sam mentioned traumatic time, even for both of us, because, you know, unbeknownst to us, like we were both kind of going through some of the same things. We we're both going through um, anxiety. We we're both going through uh, panic attacks. I mean, stuff that I had never experienced in my life. And same, same. You panic know, attacks out of this world. I mean, uh, twice had to go to the emergency room thinking that I was having a heart attack. Um, just a severe, nothing at work brought it on, you know, just a normal, regular day for me. Um, so. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's real. And that's why we're so, you know, we're big advocates on um, you know, mental health, um, talking to therapists, talking to someone with sound counsel. Um, you can't do it on your own. And I mean, God is there. So make sure that someone is, um, is God centered when they're talking to you. That doesn't mean you necessarily have to go to a, a Christian counselor. You know, you don't have to have somebody throwing the Bible at you, but you do need to hear words that are coming from God. You don't need to hear opinions. You don't need to hear bias. You need to hear the facts because um, the more opinions you start to hear, you start to formulate ideas in your mind as to what your truth is. And you start to deviate from what God is truly trying to tell you. And, um, you know, basically going through that time of even, you know, the kids bouncing back and forth. Um, you know, we didn't even do the traditional thing of, oh, well, you know, dad has you this weekend. Mom has you this week. No, we we alternated weeks. So like one week, the kids were with me. One week, the kids were with Sam. And, you know. I'm not gonna lie. At first, it was kind of like, oh, pfft, bet, like you know, I got a whole, a whole week. week you know what I'm saying? I ain't, look, I ain't married. I ain't got no kids. But then, <laughs> turn up all the way. And then, um, honestly, it was, uh, yeah. When basically, kind of fast forward a little bit, and we'll probably get more details in other episodes. But, um. Fast forwarding where the relationship that I had chosen to be in, which basically caused turmoil. Um, you know, Sam and I had did a decent job, pretty good job of co-parenting. But, you know, whenever you're in a relationship with someone else in a co-parenting situation, you know, you're trying to get peace on both sides. You're trying to get peace with the parent of your child and then peace with the person that you're in a relationship with. And, you know, God, you're looking at you like this was not my design. This was not you know, what I laid out for you. And because you're trying to do it your own way, like, listen, I'm going to let you do it because you have free will. But like, I have to, God's like, I got to wash my hands from this because you're not choosing to walk in my will. You're not choosing to walk in my purpose. And, you know, God can still offer you protections when we make our own decisions. But, you know, that's up to his discretion. And we can't point a finger at him and point blame when we make decisions and then there are consequences because of that. Um, but definitely one main thing to remember is 
I don't know what everybody else's belief is. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. And based on my faith, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, use the word karma and throwing that around there. Well, karma is not a Christian belief or ideology. Karma is a, um, it's an ideology from a Hindu practice, right? People in that region area. So for people to say, oh, well, this is karma. God doesn't operate like that. Now, absolutely, there are consequences based on decisions that we make. But that doesn't mean that, hey, because I throw this rock through this window, that an immediate adverse effect is going to happen to me. Or it doesn't mean that God is even going to make me suffer for that one thing that I did. Because God still gives us reconciliation. God gives us redemption. It's all through forgiveness, right? And repentance, true repentance, not, you know, one day, hey, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Tuesday, I'm doing the same thing. God, forgive me. Wednesday, God, <laughs> you know what it is, boy. Forgive me. No, repentance is, hey, guess what? God, I messed up. I'm sorry. I need you to forgive me for this. I need you to help me move forward and move away from this. That doesn't mean that temptation's not going to come. That doesn't mean that I might not even fall again, but that repentance isn't even that conviction of the Holy Spirit of saying, hey, you need to make this right with God. Like, don't cross that line. And that's with anything. You know, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Like, nothing. Um, and even when it came to our situation, you're like, you know, you try to take ownership and blame and saying, hey, but, you know, what about this divorce? What about stepping out? And God's like, listen, if you're repenting and you're coming back to me, then guess what? I'm not going to remember it anymore. And it sounds crazy. And the, like the enemy tries to remind us of things that we've done to make it seem like, oh, well, God really can't love you like he did before. Because remember when you did that thing? This was so horrible. You said you never do that, but you did it anyway. Well, maybe it'll happen again. And God's like, what, what, what are you talking about? What situation? You know, and this is God's word. And God's word is not going to return to his voice. So if he said something, you can put, you can put a stamp on it and take it to the bank. It's the truth. So I don't care what your friends try to tell you, um, what your family tries to tell you. If God says he forgets it and he forgives it, it's gone. And basically when it came to our time of, uh, um, of reconciliation, it, it, like I said, we'll do a little back and forth, but I wanted to bring it to this part. Um, I had gotten to a part where, you know, I had um, I'd ended that relationship that I was in. And I didn't tell Sam initially because, you know, I had started really focusing on my relationship with God. And I wanted to make sure she was doing the same things on her own. Not to say that I was even thinking that, you know, getting married again was an option for us. Starting out the relationship was an option for us. But I, I didn't tell her because I didn't want it to be something where, oh, well, here's the opportunity here. But let's try to work on things. You know, I'm not a relationship. He's not a relationship. Let's do this. So I, I didn't do that. Um, and honestly, it got to a point where I was like, okay, God, like I understand what you were trying to show me before with this true peace where, hey, I'm all you need. You know, you don't need a relationship. You know, I had gotten to a place in my mind where I was like, look, if I got me and my kids, like I'm, I'm straight. Like I don't need to be in another relationship. But it took me going through hell and making my own decisions um, to realize that when God was trying to prevent me from going through all of that to begin with. And um, the, the funny thing is that um, 
what we realized after we, you know, got back together and of course started talking out things is we were going through the same exact things at the same exact times and had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just what he mentioned, that same exact thing was happening to me. Um, I had left the relationship that I had chosen to be in and was at a point um, where I was reconnecting with God and fully giving it my all to rebuild that relationship, to understand what it meant um, to have peace and to truly be forgiven for God. Now that took me a couple years even after to forgive myself um, and to truly understand that I was forgiven. So it, you know, it was just interesting to know that we were going through um, the same, if not the same, very similar um, situations. God was working on us individually, um, re-showing us because it's not like it was our first time, but um, allowing us to see that we truly needed to depend on him, um, that he was where our help was coming from, where our peace was coming from. And I think that knowing that we both were going through that at that same time it helped to mesh things together when we did reconcile. Um, but one thing I want to jump back on is Josh brought up the love languages. Um, and so a lot of you may think, because this is kind of how I felt like, oh, the, this whole divorce was Sam's fault. Um, you know, he mentioned the love language piece of it. And, and those, that's a, a true, um, test that you guys should do if you haven't done it before. And even if you have done it before, go through it again. Um, and this time talk about it, talk through it, um, know what it means to just not knowing someone else's love language, um, but how the, how they can perceive it, how they can receive it. Um, because I knew that his love language was words of affirmation and I, I saw him doing that, but I never was receiving, um, and a lot of you know that Josh is, is born with words. Um, and a lot of people even thought, you know, those are the things that people used to say. It's like, oh my gosh, he just loves her. He always writes about her. He's always, you know, talking about his queen. Um, and that looked really good to other people. But to me, I was like, yeah, okay. Like I didn't receive those words the way that other people were receiving them. Make and whereas people thought everything were just, you know, shiny, glimmers and glamour. I didn't receive it that way. Um, because that's not my love language. Not to say that I don't like, you know, when he talks to me that way, but when that is 90% of the way that you're showing love to someone that doesn't, that that's not their love language, they're not going to feel love. Um, and, as he has learned that acts of service is my love language, knowing that is where we do better now, this time around. Um, and so don't, 
and I don't say, because I don't really care what y'all think about me, but <laughs> don't take away uh, from this whole message that, um, oh, Sam, it was Sam's fault because yes, I was the one to um, make a big leap and essentially caused the actual divorce piece to happen. Um, but together we still made the wrong choices throughout our marriage. Um, we did not communicate. We did not show each other, um, our love language, you know, I didn't use words of affirmation to show him that I loved him. If I cleaned up the kitchen, like you should know that I love you. Well, that's my love language. Um, or I'm taking care of these kids every day. What are you doing? You know, things like that. Um, so I say that to say, don't put the blame on just one person. Oh, well, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. Okay, well, what is it that you're not doing that he would like for you to be doing? Um, and if you guys never talk through any of that, then you're both at fault. Um, so that's one big piece. Um, important piece of this is that when you are married and in, or even just in a relationship, it's two people um, coming together and you're both bringing your own piece to the puzzle. Um, so don't ever think that it's just one-sided um, because pretty sure that if you have a list of things that you're going off of that that person has not done or has done to, to do wrong. Um, they have the same exact thing on their end, a list of things that they don't like or things that you have done wrong. Um, so it's never a one-sided situation. Mm -hmm. And it, it's amazing how people find it easier to talk to other people about the things that their mate are not doing or doing that they shouldn't be doing, but they never take the time or rarely take the time to communicate with the person that they're in a relationship with. And then it's like, you go off this assumption like, oh, well, they should have known, he should have known, or she knows I like this, she knows I, I don't like that. And then going off assumptions, like longevity in relationships is not built off assumptions. You have to communicate. Communication is not an, an optional thing. It is absolutely a requirement because how can you expect your mate to grow and develop, um, you know, or even cater towards your love language, things that you like, things that you need when you're not telling them, you know, there's no rule book that God or the parents, you know, when I married Sam, her parents didn't say, Hey, hey son, here's, here's a book on Sam. This is everything you need to know to keep her happy. It's what she like, what she doesn't like. Nobody did that. It's all about communication. And when you're going through life together, yes, you will start to learn some things. Yes, you shouldn't have to necessarily ask for every single thing. But when it comes to certain things that, hey, I don't think they're picking up on these cues, let me have a conversation with them. And let me have a loving conversation. It doesn't mean you got to be fake with it. And, Baby, I was wondering when you did that. No, like... Be real with them. Hey, look, you know, I, I noticed this happened and, you know, this is how I received it. You know, what was your intention behind this or whatever? However, you're, you know, 
whatever word choice you use, just talk it out, you know, and don't come back, man, you know, I told you, like, I don't like this. And then here you go and you do it anyways. And all that's going to do is cause further turmoil, further um, contention in your relationship. But the same tone that you're taking with people when you code switching at work and doing everything else, guess what? You better switch that tone when you're talking to your mate. Because this is the person that you're choosing to go through life together. This is not your enemy on any aspect of it. If this is the person that you're choosing to marry and go through life with, this is your partner. This is your equal. The person's not beneath you. They're not above you. They're right next to you. And so they you are still a human. Like we put, you know, so much into our spouse. Like mm -hmm. they're not God. So they're not supposed to be your savior. Yep. Um, you know, your hope is supposed to lie in Jesus mm -hmm. and not the, the man or the spouse, not man, not woman, but just in a human being. Mm -hmm. um, it should never be that they are just where you are going to for everything because everything should come from Jesus. Absolutely. And honestly speaking, relationships are a beautiful thing. I love being in this relationship. I love being married. But marriages and relationships are accessories of the joy that we get from God. Not any place else. Sorry. <laughs> so if you can't find that joy with within yourself and that relationship that you have with God, you're never going to find it anywhere else. I don't care how much money the person has. I don't care how many words they throw at you, like none of that is ever going to matter. I don't care what your love language is. You have to understand where your true joy comes from. And once you understand that, then it makes it easier to be receiving of a an imperfect human, just like you're an imperfect human. You know, I don't know why we do these things of um, putting our mates on pedestals and then we just put ourselves on the throne like, you're here for me. Nah, we're here for each other, you know, um, it's easy for us to point out other people's imperfections, but then a lot of times, you know, we're naive when it comes to our own or we're not as vocal when it comes to our own, you know, knowing that we're all imperfect and knowing that we all have faults is where the true growth comes from and where healing and relationships can come. You know, when we, um, we made the decision to reconcile and, you know, some people looking like, well, Josh, how can you, how can you do that? How can you go back and listen, God said that if you can't forgive your brother who's right next to you, your sister right next to you, then how do you expect me to forgive you? And I mean, it's really that simple. And I'm not saying it was simple to, um, to adopt that logic, but you know, God was constantly reminding me, hey Josh, you're, you're not perfect. You know, you, you've done things in your past. I've forgiven you from everything. You know, every, every thought you've had, every action that you followed up on, you know, so it's the same thing, you know, God, I mean, it took God, <laughs> it, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all Sam, it wasn't all me, because like we mentioned, like we were both in this piece, not even really knowing that, you know, God was continuing to work in the background to create this reconciliation because she had developed this peace with God. I had developed this peace with God. And, you know, God was like, oh, okay, here we are again. We're at this point. 
you know, I got a, I got a slate I can work with again. You know, this walls come down, you know, this other walls come down. So maybe I can do some mending here. And I mean, that's pretty much how it happened. Um, and really just surrendering everything, you know, withholding nothing and letting God do what God does. But, you know, anytime we hold that resistance, you know, God's not going to fight with us. If we're saying, God, nah, you know, this ain't a good time. God's like, all right, yeah, I can just snap my fingers and make it happen, but if this is not what you want, okay. All right, and let us continue to go down this rabbit hole of, you know, misery and hurt and confusion and unrest because God gives us free will. But, you know, the moment that we say, hey, God, listen, I can't do this. I give it to you. And, and that's what a lot of us need to do when our relationships and things aren't making sense because we feel like, oh, I should be able to fix the issue. But God is the fixer and mender of all. Jesus is the savior. It's not our responsibility as individuals or as husbands, as wives to, to fix everything. You know, there are some things that God just has to do on his own. You know, now he can absolutely use us um, and speak through us. But, you know, if our voice is not being heard through our mate, then that's when we need to get on our knees and we need to pray and ask, you know, God to speak to the heart of our mate, you know, so that we're heard, that we're received and that God can start to work. But the more and more that we try to do things our own, the only thing we're doing is creating a mess because I'm trying to do things that I think that you need to make the situation better for you. And then all I'm doing is just instigating or aggravating or stirring the pot. And the enemy's messing your head like, oh, look at this. You know, what does he think you're doing? You know, you know I don't like that. <laughs> you know, and, and even if it's coming from a, a sincere place, you know, it, 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 it's just, it's causing, it's causing a battle. It's like, you know, pulling the bandaid off too soon, kind of aggravating the wound. You know, it, much less like that. You want it to be an immediate thing and snap your fingers and it's done and everything doesn't happen like that. Um, That's good. But it's uh, it's it's real, man. Um, you know, anybody who has, I mean, maybe gone through divorce, anybody who's contemplating divorce, I tell you, like, please seek God and pray about it. Don't seek the approval of your friends, because you know many of us have friends that are just there to be co-signers, and they're never going to give us, you know, the truth. And well, girl, can you believe he did this? What? Girl, I leave. Yeah, mm -mm, I ain't sticking around for that. Girl, why you can't? Hey, bro, you know what she did? Bro, like, man, this chick, right. <laughs> this chick, man, another night, man. Like, what? Man, bro, you need to step. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, it goes, it goes both ways. Um, but basically, what I'm saying, seek God because it's we want to seek God after the fact. We want to seek God when we've already had a divorce. And then we're going through the misery because the grass truly isn't green on the other side. And now we want God to fix something that he could have mended before we even got into the situation. Um, and you know, I know that there is um, someone out there that's probably like, you know, I'm doing all of that. I'm seeking God. I'm praying. Um, but the other person isn't. Don't stop what you're doing. Um no, it's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. um, it might not happen over a year's time, but do not get up off of your knees from praying with God um, because until 
the other person surrenders, as long as you have surrendered over to God, that's all you can do. Um, just don't give up. Do not, you know, throw in the towel. Um, it's not easy. It is not easy at all. Um, but don't give up, you know, and I've heard people say before, you know, well, my spouse is so far gone. Um, no one is too far gone for God to reach them. Um, but you have to continue fighting, um, and continue going after God and look for him to be your peace. Um, do not put it in the hands of the other person. Um, and when you truly get that feeling from God, it, it will make a world of difference. Absolutely. Um, so I mean, next time, because <laughs> I'm sure y'all are tired of hearing this. <laughs> they ain't tired. Nah, you can't be tired. You can't be tired. Absolutely. Um, but we knew, we do know that this, this has been a lengthy one, but this is what you wanted. You wanted, you know, you wanted the meat and potatoes. Um, so next time we'll talk about the reconciliation piece of it and um, what that looked like. Because um, that wasn't easy either. You know, we we say it was a miracle. It truly was a miracle um, <laughs> for that to happen. But, you know, next time we'll dive into what that looked like. Um, some things that God had to heal for me um, and likewise for Josh in order for this to even work mm -hmm. work out. Definitely. So, uh, as we've always mentioned, if you haven't watched the previous episodes, uh, please watch them or you might be lost trying to figure out what are they talking about. Um, so go back and watch the first two episodes and uh, yeah, you know, make sure you keep up with our future videos. Make sure you like, comment, and do whatever. Subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. That way you can know whenever we post anything. Um, and, you know, kind of following up from the next episode, and we'll start to get into some of the Q&A. So please, any questions that you have, submit those uh, to our email, thosegreers at gmail.com. Um, any prayer requests that you have, uh, really anything, I mean, anything that's, you know, within a realm of sending married folk. You get what I'm saying? But any questions, if you need some, uh, maybe some insight, uh, some tips, pointers, motivation, things like that, um, anything from God's perspective, which is where it's all going to come from, um, yeah, let us know. And we appreciate you all for, um, once again, being a part of our journey and listening to the innermost parts of our heart and these uh, kind of sensitive, uh, sensitive topics here. And